and welcome to another episode of Mystic in the Hague. I'm Leah. And I'm Danielle. And today, basically, we just kind of talk about the internet. <laughs> Social media. Yeah, it's, we didn't intend to start with this, but I I think I kind of just steered it in a wild direction because I've had a lot on my mind. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you did though. <laughs> that was, that was, this was a very uh, pure episode where we did not plan anything. Like this was not the plan at all. And yeah. that was how, how it's come out as. Yeah. And I'm not mad about it. No. Um, but um, we will be coming to you very soon with another episode that is more structured, more planned, more about a specific topic. And yeah, enjoy the episode. But first, we're just going to just give an update, kind of chit chat about the last week, and then we'll dive in. So what's been new with you, Daniel? Um. A few things, really. So it's funny because I think last episode we've been talking about sleep and how Pisces season's been a little bit intense for us. And then when we're we're currently recording this episode, it is a Friday. Tomorrow is the new moon, Pisces new moon. And it's all starting to really like accumulate for me, I think, like mm. at its height. Um yeah, I'm, I've always been a very sensitive person to moon cycles. I feel like we've talked about this before, but if you're new here, I'm very sensitive. Leah gets to sleep. I don't – like, I don't know how – Leah's, like, the only witch that I know that gets to sleep during the moon cycles. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, I, I'm grateful for it, but, like, I mean, the full moon, I think, affects my kittens, so that's fun um tbd we're basically doing the um hypothesis stage where we're gonna figure out if that is the case because last full moon he was not sleeping and wanted to play and was trying to wake us up at like three in the morning and touching our faces and crawling up onto our chest and purring and just wanting so much attention which is super cute just not helpful for getting sleep and you can say it's annoying okay I like something can be cute and annoying at the I same know time. but I I wouldn't describe it as annoying because it doesn't <laughs> frustrate me it doesn't okay. make me like I don't feel annoyed by it it's just he's a bit of a brat sometimes that's fair but he's a really cute brat though he is he's the cutest but with that too like when you're not sleeping and you have a kitten doing its thing. And most, like a lot of people I know since I posted that last episode have told me that they also have been having issues with their sleep and dreams as well. Mm. Um, I also had a really weird dream, not weird, but I had a dream, a very vivid, vivid dream. Um, lately, I've been having animals come into my life. I weirdly thought one day, I posted about this on my stories, that I was fairly certain that the crows were talking to me, like very clear about that. And then two days later, a day even later, that maybe even that night, actually, 
I went to bed and I had a dream that a baby fawn, a baby deer was following me around at like a festival. And I was like saying hi to it. And it was like being its like deer self, putting its paw on me and blah, 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 all those things. But then everybody around me got worried. It was weird. It was very, very strange. It was like everybody else was around me that got worried that this deer was going to get aggressive with me and it doesn't and it didn't have any horns like or anything like that so horns is that what it's called horns antlers antlers oh my god (laughs) it it didn't have any antlers and I don't know and then I got started to get nervous and so I hid from the deer in the dream and then I woke up and I was just like why why would I hide from the deer? Like, it makes no sense to me. But I did look up what a deer meaning is, like a baby deer. And it's about like life transitions, I believe. Okay, so but here's some things that come up if you look up baby deer. We have gentleness, ability to move through life and obstacles with grace, being in touch with inner child innocence, being sensitive and intuitive, vigilance, ability to change directions quickly, magical ability to to regenerate, being in touch with life's mysteries. So yeah, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. But I just like get real, I just notice that when I have dreams with animals in it, I'm usually like, I usually have like a cycle of them. So for a while I would have dreams of tigers and like big cats would come and at first I would be like very nervous and then eventually like I get used to them and I brace them and then I want to like snuggle them and like Mm. have time with them so it's I'm very curious to see how this will dream will unfold because of the fact that I was like nervous of it and then I woke up being like why the hell would I be nervous of a baby deer makes no sense to me so yeah it's almost to like figure out what the dream means you have to like take traditional meanings of the fawn and fawn symbolism and then combine it with that reluctance mm-hmm. and that fear um because that will give a like a clearer meaning of what the dream meant in general exactly yeah that's been a part of it also I want to give like a weird like update because I think I told you before Every time I meet with clients, I get like some weird, like not weird, but like, I don't know, a little bit of a timbit of info before I meet with clients. Well, this time it was different. I ended up getting a skin rash, (laughs) like a full on skin rash. And ever since then, my skin has been sensitive. But anyways, before like, yeah, this one meeting I had with a client, Um, I brought it up because I was like, this isn't normal. This isn't me. And I was like, okay, maybe it's a different lotion that I use, blah, blah, blah. Like all these things because it was happening like that day. And then she was like, no, this is how my stress manifests. I know. And I'm like, okay, but I don't want all like the physical symptoms of people's stress, please, guides. Nope. And I was like, this is, nope. I was like, this is not happening. We're not doing this. Um, As somebody who is, you know, has a chronic illness themselves, this is not something additional that I want in my life. Yeah. Hard pass. Yeah. 
I mean, there must be a way to like create some kind of barrier to protect from like that physical manifestation of yeah. energy. I definitely just had like a true combo with the guides. Like that's usually how I create my barriers. Other people I'm sure do use protection magic and things like that. I often have like cinnamon sometimes in my coffee or even I put salt in my coffee particularly around those times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that I also was like, yo, I'm up to like experiencing these things, but I didn't realize that was what they were wanting to put, you know, happy experience. Yeah. Um, but I noticed it lingered, but I think it's because it like, because it manifested physically in me that I just like fucked up my skin for a few days. Yeah. I mean, if it's like, it's always going to, physical manifestations of things are always going to take longer to recover from because your body needs to recover from them yeah. not just like your spiritual self man i know it was weird yeah it was strange have you ever had experienced anything like that where you're just like nope this isn't what i wanted or expected i mean yes usually okay. <laughs> um usually it's in the context of spirits trying to communicate with me Cause it's just like, I, I go through life with pretty clear boundaries as it is. And like, I have a couple aids to help with that. Usually crystals or I'll use a spray or whatever, just cause like, um, one of my friends, I, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast before, but we've discussed it briefly. Someone who's a friend now, um, by the time I was getting a business alignment thing from her to just kind of talk about like finding direction. Mm-hmm. And we had a brief Reiki session. And during this se- session, she was like, you have like spider web energy in that things just cling to you. It's not that you're absorbing them, but it's just things are like attaching to you and like clinging to you, staying on you. And it's like going to mess up things, obviously. So that was really helpful for me to have that insight into myself. Um, every now and then something will break through and usually it's whatever spirit being so I'll have to be like you know what that's not cool you can't um the most clear occurrence was when I was at the death museum in LA Mm -hmm. and I was in one room and I started to feel like someone was touching my arm kind of like fingertips like trying to someone trying to get my attention I was like you know I'm already pretty sensitive right now I get that like you're not doing okay but like we can't you can't be touching me and then it stopped. But usually, like, if it's a living person, I usually don't have any type of residual physical things. Mm-hmm. But sometimes just, like, whatever deceased person will, or whatever entity, usually, if anything, it's going to affect my depression, mm-hmm. which was most evident in the old place that I lived in before the place I live now. Mm -hmm. and it's not fun no spirits really like some some, generally with me they're fine with boundaries because we have them coming and going in this house all the time but other times it's like really really dude yeah just (laughs) do you find that that happened more when before you start working with a deity yes and no okay like with our old house with all the um 
yes that would go down there that was before i started working with deities and even in general like whatever magic i tried to work because that's when i was really starting to get into spell work and coming out as a witch and everything um nothing really was super effective but then like in LA that was after I basically promised myself to my patron goddess and I think there's just some things where depending on the circumstance like the physical circumstance where you are there's only so much your deities can do take the death museum it's such a psychically damaging place Mm -hmm. um and like the energy is so intense because like even the amount of energy from living people reacting to everything right it's a lot so I just think there's like I mean mind you if I hadn't had a deity with me maybe it would have been way worse yeah I feel like it's interesting like I um I don't know my attachment even just to being in the house that I'm in like growing up in it like I didn't I wasn't working with any deities at all and like had a very different relationship to the spirits that are here now and but ever since being back and also just having that um like that connection to the deities that I work I I don't know it's just like I feel like I've I've spoken about this before it's just a weird outmost trust and the anything I do extra is more around me feeling like I have control over my current state does that make sense like it's me doing any additional work I think that comes back to us really like understanding where we've thought like there's nothing inherently evil about life or about the things that walk through life and and I don't know if that's part of it too like I don't know like where this outmost trust comes from then I'm like because again I can I feel like we've talked about this the last episode and I'm just being a little bit like a little repeating this again but I don't know why I just don't feel like maybe I'm just being naive like I don't know what do you think Yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of mixed feelings, like in terms of the concept of evil and Mm -hmm. whatever, because even if there's no inherent evil, which I go back and forth on that in like all like philosophical, psychological, all of it, there's still an imprint that happens because of evil existing in the world and whatever manifestation. Like it's, it's good to trust in your guides, but I feel like I'm not there yet just because I think there is evil in the world. I just don't know if it's inherent. I don't know if it's like something that everyone is born with that we grow out of. I'm not sure. Same. Yeah. And you bring up a lot of great points like capitalism is really evil. Yeah. Right. Like white supremacy is really evil. All those like big things that we talk about is evil, but like, where is it rooted from? Yeah. <sighs> That's another combo for another day, yeah. one day. But yeah, it's just interesting to like feel this navigation. Cause like, I don't know. Yeah. Again, like people, a lot of people are, I've been seeing a lot of in our communities, like protecting itself, always needing cleansing, all of needing to do all these things. And maybe I'm just like a lax lazy witch that I'm like, I don't need to do it all the time. Like, you know, one, I think 
it's not something that needs to happen for me every single day. And I need to like Mm -hmm. do some type of like cleansing or clearing out. I think it just, a lot of it depends on where you are, even the space you're in and also how you approach the ideas of protection and cleansing Mm -hmm. for us. Like we clean our house once a week and that is, you're literally cleansing the house. Yeah. And we try to open up the windows and let things out And so it's not even that you have to do like truly ritualistic metaphysical cleansings and protections. A lot of it just comes from building intention into your day to day. Mm -hmm. Cause like I'm always doing protection magic and everything, but it's less necessary being in my house where I can do a warding spell like once every six months and it's fine or do a more intense like cleansing every three months or whenever I feel like I need it but Mm -hmm. especially right now I find the most the greatest need for protection is um around the portals that are our cell phones and our computers because those are how energies are coming into our homes during a pandemic people aren't literally coming into our house and dragging in their shit but these devices we have are gateways they are portals from other beings and they do carry a lot of energy so I think that maybe the focus of protection and cleansing isn't necessarily where it needs to be because sometimes it's not the whole space that needs it it's just these individual places like how you're bringing stuff in Mm -hmm. and how you're letting these things affect you Mm-hmm. And by like you're talking about beings on our like our cell phones, etc. Are you talking about like energetic beings, or are you talking about like literal beings? Just to clarify for folks. Yeah, I'm talking about people, okay. <laughs> um, because like there is a certain level of energetic imprint that occurs, and I mean we see time and time again about the energetic and psychical damage that occurs through the use of social media through the use of devices etc because like we can we're confronted with source our source of anxiety way more yeah so it is these things being literally caused by other people and in some cases they are almost entities because of how much is spread through bots and art like ai So like they, those almost are just entities in their own, but they're human manufactured entities. But it, I mean, it's worth protecting ourselves and cleansing of these things that we're letting into, like directly into our bodies through touch and sight and everything. And I think that gets overlooked a lot. But is my question, I guess, is like, did you, cause you've taken a bit of a social media break over recently, like for the last week or so, right? Um, yeah, I, I basically abandoned my phone on last Friday afternoon. And you did that because, do you think because of like what you we were talking about, like those particular. I don't think entirely. These are largely ideas that have just been coming up since I've been off my phone it's like we've been watching a lot of Adam Curtis documentaries that really touch on a lot of these kinds of ideas not in a metaphysical way just in a literal um this is how history has gone to us like 
this is what's led to now. This is where we're at. This is the world we live in. So I've just been thinking about those things in general, but I took a break from my phone just because I got tired of it. I just didn't want to have anything to do with it. And time and time again, I'll take a break from my phone, especially Instagram and social media. And basically the perpetualism that's caused by scrolling and being attached to phones and just like that endless, it's not even a cycle. It's just a constant line of Mm -hmm. absorbing information. I just notice I get tired of it. And when I take a break from it, my life is always better. My brain is always clearer. And it's not that I dislike the idea of social media because I think there is a lot of power and a lot of energetic possibility there but I just get tired of my brain being bombarded by things yeah and right now I'm like have entered into a place where I'm able to work on my textile art and breathe more and write more and I've been compiling what I think are a lot of good ideas Anytime I think of something that I would share on social media, I just save it. And now I'm just doing a weekly newsletter on my Patreon being like, so I've been thinking about this past week. This is what I thought was cool. This is something I have a problem with. Um, And just kind of being more mindful about what I'm putting out into the world, Um, at least in terms of what I share, because I'm still creating lots, but it's Mm -hmm. kind of nice that I'm I'm not sharing it constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still posting about things on like different tiers of Patreon just because I do want to share to an extent but now it's the process is a lot slower which I appreciate that's good yeah I think Patreon really helps with that in terms of like frees up a little bit of like the pressure of what it we need to post and what we don't need to post. Mm-hmm. I know you have um, multiple tiers. I have one tier currently. And I think like just even having that freedom of like one tier is being able to just do whatever I want on that one tier. And it doesn't necessarily always need to be like the most, like in terms of additional content that, you know, I've contracted with those tier patrons, um, patrons, um, it really does share, like free up a lot of things. And yeah, social media, and especially on Instagram, there's just a lot of like outmost pressure to just constantly be creating and constantly creating something new. I always forget like it's okay to repurpose some info, <laughs> like, <laughs> and and that actually is important to repurpose. But um, yeah, it's just a like I understand that feeling of of feeling pressured by it. Yeah. My dream is eventually to not be as reliant on Instagram, I guess, um, retrain my brain to not, yeah. but I like, I've been enjoying posting to Patreon more because it just takes me back to the days when I was just blogging all the time. And cause at my core, like I'm a visual person, but I love writing and my voice is the strongest when I'm writing. So it just gives me a bit more. I mean, if anyone, like people who follow me on Instagram probably see all the time that I'll post a graphic or an image, but the heart of it is really in the text and I Mm -hmm. will write a lot. (laughs) 
but it's nice to have the freedom and the flexibility to just just write more and post what is really important to me at the time and like jot down notes but then return to topics be like do I want to share this was it more valuable just at the moment yeah like not everything needs to be shared Mm -mm. and that's also something that I've been thinking about I'm also I think I'm also really tired of the idea of instant gratification and how that's perpetuated by social media and I think in a lot of ways is what caused me to drift away from my actual art for so long is because the world we live in especially with social media isn't especially kind to makers and that like goes beyond just social media into the realms of like fast fashion and um, ideas being stolen and reproduced for pennies and whatever Mm -hmm. and then I've also been thinking about TikTok and time-lapse videos and how those kind of cause a major disservice to the idea of making because suddenly a process that takes weeks or months is distilled down into seconds and it just kills the soul yeah and also like in terms of like TikTok as well as like reels and things like that it literally changes the way that our brain functions and the way that we consume like art and films and tv like our brains can no longer handle hour-long videos or two-hour videos you know what I mean like it literally changes the way that we we take in information and that I don't think is necessarily the most healthiest for anybody as well and that you're just started ringing (laughs) someone's happy about that but yeah (laughs) but it's true like it's all extremely damaging to our brains and how we perceive information and how we approach information and reinterpret it or internalize it Mm -hmm. the way that tiktok especially is created like it's put us into this position where the second you see it, like the second you open the app, you're bombarded by videos. So it's not even that you have a choice in the matter anymore of what you're going to select. Basically algorithms and AI are telling you what you should see, what you're interested in. And it's really dark. It's kind of a topic that came up in the aforementioned Adam Curtis documentaries. We watched a six-part documentary. It's basically probably closer to about eight hours of documentary material. And it's wonderful because it's kind of a combination of visual art as well as journalism. So it's really compelling and kind of touches on these ideas of the way that social media and the way even news and everything feed us information just removes the choice and the individualism from the matter. Mm -hmm. There was a quote in one of them um, talking about the creation of computers specifically, finally allows you to colonize the last free outpost, the human mind, which is so intense and so heavy. And because a lot of the documentary had to do with 
the like colonization and imperialism and how different stages of imperialism and the flip side of revolution have like gotten us to where we are now mm-hmm. and how all it's all it's it basically adam curtis is extremely talented at taking all these points from history and all these points from different things around the world and showing how they're connected it's, it's wild but yeah that quote about colonizing the human mind basically i think that also just pushed me more to never want to be on social media ever again <laughs> It's all like pretty much from the get-go with the creation of computers. It was all to like categorize people Mm -hmm. and the psychology that goes into it and the study of the human brain. And so like neuroscience and everything that plays into basically what has led to now in terms of how we're being bombarded with information constantly. It's like, it's kind of scary and kind of intense. I hear that, but then I think about how much social media has really done for personally like me and people's growth. I think people have become way more like involved actively based on information that is being accessible, like brought to brought to social media. Like Blair Armani, I believe their name is. They're a social activist on on Instagram. I'm gonna just just make sure that it is Blair Imani, not Amani Imani. I think that is how you pronounce their name. They have like this social media, um, like Instagram, and they're like hugely an educator. And I think about like all these educators that are on social media that are making things accessible for folks. Like the amount of information that we have from this person is wild. Like we would not have those if we didn't have social media. Do you know what I'm saying? It's true. And then I think about like TikTok, you know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, like TikTok is one of those things where you get to just be a creative individual that you may not have accessibility to like certain types of tools. I just keep seeing both sides. You know what I mean? It's true. Probably the most interesting thing is the fact that because of how social media is created, that information isn't actually accessible to everyone mm-hmm. in the fact that social media through algorithms and through what we're interested in puts us in these echo chambers where we think that everyone is on the same page. We think mm-hmm. that everyone's seeing the same information, but the reality is they're not. Which is why a lot of people, there was the conspiracy of, you know, like during the 2016 election, people basically target using Facebook to target people to give them specific information. And there's a lot of levels to it where it's like, if it wasn't for the way the algorithms are used, social media would be a wonderful, perfect tool. Right. But it's still arguably it causes more divisiveness in modern culture because we're seeing a ton but a lot is also being withheld because of the things we're choosing to search choosing to see what we're liking etc and eventually we're just being constantly cycled back the same information and never seeing other perspectives or other points of view so it's kind of like it's really a double-edged sword in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways where there's so much possibility and so much it could be a world-changing tool but only if it was used properly so yeah it's like 
I want it to be the best thing. I know. I want it to be great, but it's just another beast. <laughs> a wild west. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's very confusing. And you're right. It it does cater to what your wants and needs are. So you're not even seeing folks. And then also you're not even seeing artists that you want to see either. Yeah. You don't even like half the time get to see people that you want to see. Yeah. Ugh, just a dumpster fire. Just kidding. Yeah. But I don't know. But then I secretly <laughs> like love it at the same time. And not because I and I don't think it's because I'm like a very um and I don't think I'm like a very social media person. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not that I don't know. It doesn't it's it's a lot of work to be yeah. involved in there, especially as like a creator or some type of like figure or even a business or a brand. Like it's it's a lot of a lot of work and that I think people take that for granted and how much free content there is and how much work that goes along with the free content. Like if you have somebody who's a creator that you love just and they have a, a Patreon, just go on there and just follow along, like do the things, like support them because they're given so much free labor out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, 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 (laughs) (laughs) all right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Um, It's a little shorter of an episode, but I feel like we packed a lot into the time that we were talking. So questions, comments, let us know. As always, you can support us by buying us a coffee on Buy Me a Coffee. Link for that is in our bio. And... If you want to hear about any particular topics, if you want anyone on the podcast, let us know. And until next time, mystical beings, bye. Bye.